0: Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com businessgoldcard.
1: It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts you
0: What's most important? Every
2: moment, I think we're all from a business perspective thinking about the
1: impact that the virus is having across the country. Bloomberg, business of sports. From Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Mike Lynch. And I'm Michael Barr. Over the next hour, we will explore the big money issues in the world of sports and talk to some of the biggest players in the industry.
4: And we're taking a wider lens this week, guys. Later on, we're going to speak with Florida State Seminole standout Rhodes Scholar and now neurosurgeon Myron Roll. He played in the NFL. Now he is literally on the front lines of this crisis. So looking forward to that. But first, let's talk about some of the things we've seen this week. I think we all saw the World Series, guys, but fewer people saw it. Congrats to the Dodgers, but... Uh, if a World Series ring uh, is placed on a Dodgers hand and no one is there to see it, does it actually happen? Uh, Lynchy, this is not good news for the rating side.
2: No, 36% down from last year, 32% uh, lower than the most recent low, which was the 2012 uh, Giants-Detroit Tigers. You know, a rating of 5.2 nationally. But you go to L.A., they had a 21.2 and a 40 share. So it seems to be regional interest rather than national interest
4: or worldwide interest. So what do you think it was, Bar? I mean, were you watching?
1: I I watched some. I didn't get a chance to see all because I work and get up very early in the morning to to get here, so I couldn't see all the games. But, I I mean, I I was amazed the Saturday game, uh, last Saturday, because that's the one where the Dodgers lost right in in incredible fashion. Yeah. I'm amazed that that didn't even get a higher rating than the one I'm seeing here.
4: So Lynchy, here's what confuses me is that for other sports, like even for the NBA, their ratings were down pretty dramatically too for the finals. But there was sort of an excuse, right? In the sense of like, mm-hmm. well, people aren't used to watching the NBA finals in October. Um for other sports you sort of get it. But but this is actually you know, baseball essentially finished up time-wise when they were supposed to. What do you think the problem is?
2: Well, I think it's the problem we've talked about for a long, long time. Baseball is has not... Had a grip on the younger generation for some yeah. time. Uh, I enjoyed the games. I thought there was a lot of drama. I thought there were a lot of uh, subplots there. The, the uh, you know it was Davy against Goliath with the Tampa Bay Rays coming in, uh, and there was uh, you know, Mookie Betts and and the Dodgers who hadn't won since 1988 and. But it, it, it still just doesn't reach down, and it's a game that just takes too long. I mean, the games are getting over at 11.30, quarter or 12 at night, and people just, you know, they, they, they may hang for a football game that's, you know, a three-point game, but they're not going to hang for a 6-2 baseball game that's getting over at
4: 11.30 at night. Yeah, to me, it does not bode well for baseball, but, I, you know, I'll take it a step further and say maybe it doesn't bode well for sports right now in the pandemic, you know, given that we were so excited to have sports back, us more than anyone, I think. And and clearly there was a demand to watch it, we thought, but maybe that demand isn't quite there because life is strange. The games are a little bit different. You know, obviously, even though there were some fans in the stands for the World Series, you know, it was very limited capacity, only about 11,000 people, a neutral site. It's not the same thing as hoisting that trophy, you know, at Chavez Ravine. And, and I wonder what this tells us about what happens next, Michael Barr.
1: Well, I, I think something you have to keep in mind, too, is that, and I'm speaking as as Geezer Barr, I'm just used to watching the game on TV. And if I really want to get high tech, I'll go cable. But people start streaming stuff all over the place. Yeah. There's a brand new audience for the way people watch sports. It's not just on uh, the flat-screen TV anymore.
4: So, Lynchy, as we look out um, to the end of 20 and the beginning of 21, I think one thing that's become clear is that we're not getting back to normal sports anytime soon. A lot of debate about when the NBA, some pretty ferocious debate about when the NBA is going to start what sort of capacity there's going to be at the Super Bowl. There were some reports this week that, you know, 20% may be Mm -hmm. the number at best. Uh, Maybe it's a little higher. Uh, Boston Marathon's been called off. We're not getting back to normal anytime soon.
2: No, and I look at uh, just sticking with baseball for one second, uh, opening day is supposed to be April 1st next year, and it's still on as of now. But if there are no fans in the stands, I can't see a schedule lasting 162 games. So that's going to have to be truncated. Um, The Winter Classic, which uh, the NHL usually plays on New Year's Day, has been called off. NBA wants to try to get going before Christmas, which I think is really some type of a stretch. And the uh, the, the, the the lost child in all of this who's probably suffered the most, minor league baseball. Yeah. This year was wiped out. So many teams of uh, major league baseball reduced the number of uh, minor league affiliations in all these small towns. Uh, the Red Sox just dismissed a, a manager from the Portland Sea Dogs because they're just they've lost so much money that they are they were just eliminating the overhead. And so I think it's a very cloudy, very foggy, uh, very unsure 2021 sports picture.
4: No Boston Marathon.
2: Yeah, that's uh, They're going to try to do it in, in the fall. Row. Yeah, they're going
4: to try to do it in the
2: fall. But then, you know, you run into the people that are running in the New York Marathon. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, it's not like you can run a marathon every
4: other day. Right. Right. That is a good point. That is a good yeah. point. Yeah. Um, so, Bar, I mean, does it I, I want to go back to something you said, because I think it's it's really an important thing. Part of this is about how we consume in many ways. I mean, I think about my kids and not just what they consume, my teenagers, but how they do it. They live in an on demand world and sports, you know, was long the the last bastion of appointment Viewing and and maybe people just don't want to keep appointments anymore.
1: I remember Monday night football on ABC, and even as a kid, yeah, I, I (laughs) Dandy Don Howard Frank, I I was there, and you you didn't miss it, and it's and and that was on a school night because Mm. you knew people were going to talk about it the next day. Uh, So I'm I'm not sure now what happens you're right uh, appointment tv is not the way it used to be anymore because well back in the day with the old vcr they used to call it time shifting there and you now go. it's uh-huh. you know it's just you know i'll watch it whenever i'm good and ready <laughs> and
4: well anyway. and you'll watch highlights you know i mean like i think for a lot of people and i've certainly been guilty of this i mean i will confess here in in front of you guys and our audience like I didn't stay up and watch the entire Dodgers-Rays game. I saw them pull Snell. I saw the Dodgers pull ahead, and then I was like, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> I mean, had the Braves been playing, I would have stayed up till till the bitter end, and it's too soon yeah. to talk about that. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I'm guilty of the same thing.
2: Well, I was unaware of the uh, – I had the – I saw Mookie Betts hit the home run, and then, I don't know, I, I just – I didn't have the sound on because I was reading the uh, uh, Destiny, the um, – uh, the Jeff Benedict book. And uh, I didn't know about the Justin Turner situation until the next morning. Right. And it was all over Twitter. I said, oh, my goodness. Then I went back and I read the story and I said, oh, and i just just in my forehead. That's certainly front and center in terms of controversy and uh, bad decision making.
4: Yeah. So this, of course, for, for those of you who missed it, was that the third baseman for the Dodgers, Justin Turner, got a positive COVID test into the game like he didn't get alerted uh, until he w- was uh, deep into the game he was isolated but then he decided that he didn't want to be isolated anymore, came out, celebrated with the team. So that story's not over yet. Um, and it's probably will have taken some turns even by the time you're listening to this uh, this weekend. We're taping on a Thursday morning. But uh, certainly a sour note, it feels like, guys, for this championship, a well-deserved championship by by all accounts for the Dodgers. Lynchy, as you said, the first since 1988. But uh, mm-hmm. a reminder, and we're going to talk with Myron Roll coming up in a few minutes, that the virus really finds its way into just about every aspect of our lives,
2: without question. And 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 I, you know, I can see the urgency. I, if if you've ever been to Dodger Stadium, you walk down, you take the elevator all the way down to the ground floor, and you walk down this hallway, and there's pictures of all the great Dodgers and the Hall of Fame Dodgers, and there's pictures uh, of their World Championship teams. And I know it was going through Turner's mind. That picture is going to hang on that hallway in perpetuity, yeah. and I want to be in that picture. And nobody, unless they handcuff me to a doctor's office in the in the in the clubhouse, I'm going out and getting in that picture. And he didn't think um, people could say it was selfish, irresponsible. Yes, all those fit, but
1: I'm just assuming what's going through his head and his yeah. mind. Well, you, you, before we wrap up here, yes. Hey, I understand that the players, they want to celebrate. You've won the World Series. But you got yanked out of the game in the eighth inning because you tested positive. I, I mean, I get it. It's This is Yahoo. This is your moment and this and that, whatever. But come on, man. Now you, now you are taking the chance of infecting everybody in that shot. And I would like to see what happens a couple of days down the road. Today,
4: we're delighted to be speaking with Dr. Myron Roll. He joins us from Boston. So many things to talk about because he's the chairman of the Myron L. Roll Foundation. He's a neurosurgery resident at Harvard Medical School and Mass General Hospital in Mike Lynch's backyard. He also played in the NFL, a standout in college football as well. Dr. Roll, really, really nice to have you with us. It's hard to decide where to begin with you, but we are the business of sports. So, Let's talk about sports. Let's talk about the NFL from the outside, looking in, understanding so intimately as you do this health crisis that we're in the midst of. How's football doing?
3: Uh, I think football is struggling, and I love football, obviously. (laughs) My father started the uh, Caribbean American Football League down in the Bahamas, and um, when we came to America, taught me the game, you know, my cousins Antrell and Samari and Brian all played in the NFL. Um I went to Florida State to play professional football, so uh, I love the sport and still watch it as a as a fan and avid spectator but um I feel that the the sport is having its challenges um amidst a pandemic that's not fully controlled uh you know from high school on to college and in the in professional ranks in the n f l uh, you're just seeing um outbreaks occur, you're seeing schedules be disrupted you're seeing players knocked off their rhythm and one thing that football players love, um, is to have that routine, have that rhythm, know where you're going to be on time. We always talk about being on time and on schedule with your plays and your rhythm as far as backpedaling as a safety, making sure you take four or five backpedals and then breaking on the ball. It's just a feel that you get. And when you don't have that opportunity to exercise that during practice, during a game that's maybe been shifted, during a season that's been delayed, it just it makes you wonder, you know, are we – more focused on this elective sport like football that's not essential, that doesn't have to happen right now. We're more concerned about the money that's around football that's made, uh, in college and pros especially, as opposed to the safety uh, of our players, the safety of the staff, the safety of the families of these players and staff. And I, I think that that gets called into question when you see the struggles that um, is happening with football right now.
1: Doctor, I'd like to ask, yes, you, you were – drafted uh in the nfl uh and now you are a neurosurgeon uh, it's it, that's a a great transition can you can you take us through that and and the experience that you went through to get you to this path in life
3: yeah it was a uh, a path that um you know my family and my parents saw for me early um Coming from the Bahamas, as I mentioned, uh, my folks wanted me and my four older brothers to have role models uh, to to look forward to, to aspire to, to um, believe that once we got to this country, there was an abundance of resources and ample opportunities for us to maximize our ability and our potential. They felt that there was no ceiling on our growth if we had someone to shoot towards. And they put uh, the book Gifted Hands uh, in front of me by Ben Carson, pediatric neurosurgeon from Johns Hopkins. Separated the two twins uh, who were conjoined at the occipital lobe, and both of them lived for the first time. Um, You know, came from not a lot of money like us, and had parents who focused on education like mine did. So he became my academic hero. His neurosurgeon, and um, he planted the seed of that science, that discipline in my head. And I knew once football was done, once I exhausted all athletic ability out of my body, that neurosurgery would be the next chapter of my life where I can. Potentially have an impact uh, and influence, you know, society and maybe save a life. Uh, but then it, it sort of morphed into this calling where I can stay connected to football uh, with traumatic brain injury, with concussions, with all things related to head injury, um, whether it be assault-related accidents or through sports. I can just stay connected to something that I've enjoyed my whole life, and so there's been, you know, great. Um, a cross pollination of, of both of my passions, both of my interests, and uh, in particular, I'm going into pediatric neurosurgery uh, once I finish up here at Mass General Hospital. So, being able to affect change in the life of younger people who have a lifetime of success in front of them uh, is going to be exciting. So, it's a, it's been a a great transition. Uh, it's been an amazing experience, and I've been able to use a lot of what i learned from football, discipline, focus, hard work, overcoming adversity, taking coaching, taking criticism, mitigating pressure, being adaptable, being flexible, things I had to do every day on the football field, in the practice field, the weight room, uh, I'm able to use now as a physician. It's been great.
2: Myron, let me ask you this. If uh, Knowing what you know now, if you were a player in the NFL, would you have played this season or would you have opted out?
3: I would have opted out. Uh, I would have opted out like several players, um, you know, several players here in the, the Patriots, New England have opted out. and um, Because there's so much uncertainty around uh, COVID-19. Uh, and I'm still seeing it hit our hospital, right? Boston is actually getting a, a, a spike in cases right now. Uh, but our hospital has uh, patients who are COVID-19 positive, uh, neurosurgical patients who I've taken care of, who have either been exposed or positive. I've operated on Patients who are COVID nineteen positive, so it hasn't stopped, and so people are still being hospitalized, still being affected in a way that's taking them away from their family, disrupting their normal life, putting them in intensive care units with acute settings and acute nursing care around the clock. Um, But yeah, we want to play this elective sport that's outside, not in a bubble, variables not controlled. Um, You know, testing. His nasal pharyngeal swabs are done, but they're not done as thorough as they used to be done. At least when the season started, with non-compliance with mask wearing on the sidelines, I'm sure there's non-compliance if you go into a locked NFL facility in their in their locker room. So there's just so much uncertainties around it. I would have protected myself, my family. I just became a new father of two twins, newborns, eight weeks old. So there's just uh, so many things going on around. Right. I said, you know what? Yeah, I, I would just sit out. But yes, thank you very much. I'm very excited about being a new father. That's great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash/businessgoldcard.
4: Wow, I mean, I I bet you were tired before uh, being a resident. I mean, this is like you, you're really doubling down on on exhaustion there, Myron.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I was like, man, waking up to Zora—that's her name—and Zayed is the boy. Um, waking up to them crying. Uh, feels like I'm getting a page in the middle of the night for somebody who, you know, needs some <laughs> co or needs a Foley change or something like that. So, uh, but, but it's okay. I, I love waiting for that. You know, yeah. it's, it's been good. Um, and uh, my wife is a pediatric dentist and, uh, she's been amazing. I have my mother helping us, so we're getting all the support we can get.
4: Myron, talk to us a little bit, You sort of widening the aperture a little bit. Talk to us about this virus and and where we are. I mean, you are on the front lines as so many uh, healthcare workers, first responders have been. You have seen things that we have not seen. You understand it medically from the broadest sort of societal perspective and and maybe the narrowest in terms of what you see. What don't we know and and what should, what's the most important thing for us to know about this virus right here in, in October, 2020?
3: Yeah, the so virus is uh, very infectious, as I think a lot of us do know. Uh, the transmission rates are very high, and it can get transmitted airborne. Um, it was debated at one point whether it was airborne or not, but we think we've studied it enough and have enough data points and data entries to uh, realize that this may be another mode of transmission contact as well as droplets. Um we know that it hits uh, vulnerable populations, people who are sick at baseline with compromised immune systems and older individuals. However, it does also hit individuals who have poor access to care. And that's the health disparity that exists uh, amidst all diseases, basically. Any emerging non communicable disease or you know, digestive health, uh, you know, tumors or whatever the case may be, Um, people who have neglect or just maybe just don't have access to primary care physicians to supervise or monitor their symptoms um, are are getting hit really hard, and we're seeing that here. Uh, It's a disease that really affects the lungs for sure. It can scar the lungs once it gets into the angiotensin-converting enzyme sort of spaces, which are your lungs, and can make oxygen recruitment And oxygen consumption very difficult, Uh, and so this requires a lot of individuals taking care of of these patients.
1: Are children better off fighting this disease than adults?
3: So, preliminary studies and and studies that we've seen around actually have shown uh, that children are carriers, um, but they're uh, they don't have the same level of morbidity um, or mortality with um, uh, or mortality, I should say, uh, from the virus. Um, that's not to say that that they may not have long term effects, and I think that's the thing that also needs to be um, really emphasized here is that yes, the virus. There's a time where you can get over it. There's a time where you can get through it. There's a time where potentially you've recovered. Uh, but what does that look like going forward? What does that look like um, for your oxygen capacity as you? move two or three years away from this current pandemic? Does that mean that you're not going to be able to expand your lungs as much? Does that mean memory problems and neurological deficits may occur? Are your kidneys going to be an issue as well? Your other body systems and organs need to work still amidst, you know, fighting a COVID-19. And so, you know, how are these things going to be affected? I think only time will tell that. So I, I feel that the rush to return, our economy return, to some sense of normalcy uh, really takes a very superficial and shallow look at, well, what happens long-term affecting these these patients? And I think children are included in that conversation because we've seen them positive, uh, but maybe don't die or have the same level of mortality as some of the older individuals.
2: Myron, you told us, uh, and we're going to send uh, some one- New England Patriots onesies over for the twins. By the way, uh, <laughs> get them started with the right team. <laughs> but, but I, I can only imagine your fear level going home to a, a, a pregnant wife every night when you're on the front line of this thing every single day. I mean, how did you handle that mentally?
3: It was very difficult. In fact, when uh, Latoya uh, was um, first, see, first, let me back up. She told me that she was pregnant. When I finished an operation, I was in the operating room. They said, let's roll your wife on the phone. I was like, okay, this never can be good when they're calling into the operating room. And uh, she tells me, hey, I'm pregnant. I said, oh, my God, thank you so much. It was amazing. God, it's, it's a blessing from God. She says, but there's two. And I said, oh, what? <laughs> so it, it, it really knocked me out. Now, the surgery went very well. And then the, that news was amazing, too. So it was like a double hit that day. And uh, when you know COVID started to really come through our city in Boston – uh, and I started to work these, you know, 24-hour shifts every other day, basically. Uh, I actually sent her away, and that was challenging. I sent her home to Georgia, where she's from, to be with her sister and her brother-in-law. Um, and sort of, you know, I just communicated all via uh, FaceTime uh, the whole time, because I did not want... Um, need to put her or our yet-born children uh, in any risk. And I was taking all the risks myself, and I wanted that. So it was very hard emotionally and mentally, but I tried to stay close to her. I stayed close to my faith and praying about it. And, um, you know, she checked in with me all the time, and it was difficult. And that's another untold part of the story of healthcare workers going through this, the families and the strain that exists there, and it certainly was present with us as well.
1: I would like to ask about the Role Foundation. Uh, can you tell us what the foundation is all about and, and your association with it?
3: So the foundation uh, was started in 2009 because I had all these ideas of how I wanted to drive change into the world of good, positive, you know, efficacious change and uh, did not have an organized conduit to do it. And the foundation provided that for me and my family. And so, We do health, wellness, and education initiatives in uh, underserved populations in Florida uh, and back home in the Bahamas. Uh, We work with foster children. We work in the Seminole Tribe of Florida and Native Americans. We also work with Navajo, Hopi, and Pueblo Indians in New Mexico and Arizona, uh, but primarily in the Seminole Tribe. We work with foster children back home in the Bahamas as well. We're building a free health clinic uh, in uh, in the Bahamas uh, for better access to quality care. And uh, the most recent initiative that we're doing, which we're very excited about, is working with the Boys and Girls Club up here in Boston and doing something called the Neuroside Trip. It's basically a way to make neuroscience and neurosurgery fun some of the you know, disenfranchised folks of Roxbury and Mattapan, some of the more underserved areas of the Boston area uh, location. Uh, where we basically talk about, like if you're on your cell phone all the time, tweeting and Instagramming and TikToking, you're using all these different avenues and pathways of your brain. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about which areas are being lit up while you use these things that you do every day. Or maybe you're reciting your favorite song and dancing to your favorite song. You're using different pathways in your brain, and let's talk about that. Let's make it fun and interesting. And so that exposure maybe can help recruit the next great neurosurgeon to come from Boston or Mattapan or these areas locally. So we're excited about that too.
2: Myron, the more I talk to you and listen to you, I'm, I'm feeling so inadequate in, in my life right here. You were just, <laughs> I, 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 I tell you what, I am just so impressed here. Um, not, we haven't even mentioned that you're, you're a Rhodes Scholar, which is something you have to be very, very proud of. And I think there's only 32 of them per year. Um, you were sitting in an NFL locker room as a young 22 or 23-year-old at one time. You probably thought you were invincible. What message do you have to th- these rookies here who think they can go out and socialize with people and the virus won't get them?
3: Wow, uh, great question. I- I'd say that while well, you-, you are not invincible, uh, you have a target on your back. Target on your back for many reasons. One, financially, because now I'm sure uh, you are likely the the main breadwinner of your family. You are now No longer John, no longer Adam, no longer Myron, you are now ATM to a lot of your family and friends who will look to cash in on some of their time they spent with you as a child or their tutelage that they gave you. Um, whether it was genuine or not, they want to make sure that you understand that they were there for you, and now it 's time for you to be there for them so that's important uh, as far as you know making sure that you protect yourself in this virus. Uh, I think it's about educating yourself uh, the thing that that troubles me with football players sometimes uh, is that you know we're so good at studying playbooks and remembering trends and recognizing patterns and staying you know strict to our 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 discipline, our diets, our workout regimens, our routines, uh, being on time, doing all of these things that make you a wonderful employee and, frankly, a wonderful leader. Uh, and then we don't transition that, those same traits to something else that matters, like this. So what I mean by that is use all those same traits that make you a great athlete, make you a great player that got you to that locker room, to educate yourself and really give yourself a good foundation of principles on what this virus is doing. Read about articles that come out of you know countries that were hit hard, uh, Italy and and parts of China perhaps. Uh, listen to some of the health experts. Go to the CDC website. Um, you know, go to big research institutions like Cleveland Clinic, like the Mayo Clinic, like Mass General Hospital, and see what we're doing, our studies, and what best ways we have asked to protect ourselves and uh, healthcare workers and others around. Do your homework pattern recognize, you know, learn trends, you know, study this like you're studying your playbook because it matters. It's important to you and your family. And uh, if you do that, I think you'll, you'll get out ahead. So uh, that's the advice I give to a young person. You have a bright future beyond just playing football. Don't be limited to just a moment. Think about your future.
4: Well, Dr. Myron Roll, it's been a real pleasure to, to catch up with you. We're all, I think I speak for all of us when we say we're incredibly impressed and, and candidly humbled by what you are doing. Uh, the choices you've made with, with your career, only the best to you and your ever-growing family, it sounds like. And uh, we can't wait to catch up with you in the future and, and see what happens next. So we really appreciate it.
3: Thank you. Thank you guys very much for having me. I appreciate it.
4: Thanks, right. Myron.
3: Sir. Take care. All right, Bill.
4: All right, so guys, uh, Lynchy, I think you said it best. Uh, I feel like a massive <laughs> underachiever having talked to uh, Myron Roll just now. Good lord,
2: I'm, I'm just like I'm slouching down in my chair right here because <laughs> I don't, I don't want. I feel like the, the back of the room. You don't want the teacher to uh, to call yeah. you up to the front of the room. I feel so inadequate. What I, I tell you, I am just blown away how how smart he is. Uh, his his perspective on the world. He, I mean, what he's doing with his with his life. Um, and, you know, i he sent his pregnant wife away to, to live in yeah. Georgia while he was working. I mean, that's a big sacrifice to make. I mean, a lot of people might say, I'm going to take a leave of absence from work. But, right. you know, and he's a resident, he can't. So um, I, I'm just, I'm wowed. I'm wowed. I'm almost speechless. Bar, what do you think?
1: I was thinking when we was, he was talking about the foundation and he was saying that uh, about how your brain is used and how it would light up in certain spots. And I was thinking when I'm dancing, something else is being used where people say that's where my brains are, but that's another story altogether. (laughs) (laughs) And and I I'm just impressed by that foundation and, and what they present uh, and also uh, his leadership when it comes to COVID-19 and uh, from firsthand experience from, the medical world uh it uh it is something to hear
4: well I'll tell you I mean I one of the things I will take away from this conversation for sure was your the answer to your very good question Lynchie, which was would you have played and he was mm. very firm and very quick to say no way that yeah. no, unequivocally uh yeah and I think that hearing that from a hearing that from a doctor you'd be like all right yeah that makes sense but hearing it from a doctor who played in the league who made his living and made his life playing football uh having the information that he has ahead of him i think that's notable um yep. and and it it makes me a little bit worried about the the state of football for sure
2: yep i i couldn't agree more and uh boy what a, what a just an intelligent smart guy who's just got his whole future all mapped out and uh I'm just so impressed. The other thing I I didn't know about this was uh, hydration uh, Yeah, helps the immune cells. And uh, he says, you know, get fully tanked up all the time. Um, Exactly. I know everyone knows we have to hydrate, but I didn't know that it had a direct effect on your immune system. Exactly. All right. We're going to go drink some water.
3: My goal is to be the number
1: one pick. That's something I've been dreaming of since i a kid. It feels better to be number one than number five. I wear the number because of Mike. We have a chance to go for three in a row. Good numbers at a good time. When I first started wearing that number, I was just happy and proud. Bloomberg Business of Sports, the number of the week. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is? Uh Mike 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 Time I don't know why they stopped that commercial. I love that commercial. It was best. Number of the week, gentlemen. This one I'm I'm just going to tell the story and then I want you to guess what the number is. 41-year-old insurance agent out of St. Louis, Ron Hutsey. He fought he won the million dollars ding, 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 playing ding, 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 online. Ding, ding. Oh, he knows. <laughs> he thought he won. But there was a stat correction. And he lost first place prize. He got some money. I feel horrible about this story. I want to start with you, Jason. How much do you think poor Rob Hunsey got? Once he found out what he really wanted, this and he was playing in the NFL, milli maker.
4: I am going to defer to Mike Lynch because I feel like he knows this already, and I'm just going to embarrass myself. So I I I'm deferring to you, Lynchy.
2: <laughs> it came up on his computer. He went out to walk his dog and uh, came back on his computer. He won a million dollars because of the number of sacks in the um, Monday night game between the Rams and the who did they play the Bears? Rams, Rams and the Bears. Yeah, yes, Rams, Rams and Bears. And the yeah. Bears. Um, He won the million dollars. He called his family, and they were all excited. But then the uh, statistician in the booth changed a sack to an incomplete pass. Uh, and he went from a million to, I believe, $3,000. Is that right, Michael
1: yeah, $3,078.94 <laughs> in an 18-way tie for sixth place. <laughs> oh. That has got to be... One of the hardest moments. Now, the reason why they said that it was not a sack is because he had receivers that were blocking for him, and it turned yeah. out instead to be a, a three-yard loss. But, of course, you talk to Hunsey's He's like, it had to be a sack. There's no other way to look at it. Well, the <laughs> NFL disagreed with that. And, oh, Rob Hunsey man, you have my heart, buddy. Uh, you thought you had first place prize in the DraftKings contest, and then you, you, you held into an 18-way tie for sixth place. I you would just noticed. like
4: to make a case that that guy should never buy a drink for himself in, in ever yeah. for the rest of his yeah. life. Everybody, yeah. if you're if you're ever if we're ever at bars again, and you're at a bar with this guy, buy the guy a beer. That sucks. <laughs> like that no. is that really that really is a, As they say, a tough beat.
1: Oh, that's the worst one I've ever heard.
2: Yeah. And his parents probably thought they were getting all new kitchen
1: appliances. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Exactly.
4: His kids thought they were getting a brand new car. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, oh the boy. parents
1: thought I'm getting rid of this avocado refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Man, oh
4: man. All they got all was right. all they got was
2: dinner at Applebee's. That's all they got. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
4: And, and a split check. All right. You've been listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports. We're here each and every week at the same time, plus online wherever you get your podcast. Catch those Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. I'm Jason Kelly on Twitter at Jason Kelly News. This is why I don't gamble.
2: and I'm lynchy ding 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 you can find me at I'm
1: I'm actually Mike Lynch you can find me at lynchy WCBB well all I know is that ain't gonna stop me from gambling Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports you are listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world
0: take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business gold card You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.
4: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal.